0: It's you. Oh, hey. Uh, uh, Why are you here? Nate probably screwed this up. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Come on in. Come on in. It's colder than a witch's head out there. Let's go. Man, well, hey, um, go ahead and have a seat. You want uh, over there by the fire? No, that's good. You want something to drink? You want? Uh, let's see. We got eggnog. We got uh, the good eggnog. We got, I think, hot cocoa. Mandy's made some stuff in the kitchen. Here, Coco, drink it, it's hot. I mean, it's probably hot. Oh, so uh now what? I um oh well, now that you're here, I guess you could be the first to hear the Christmas book that I worked on. I just got it. Hey, I really hope you like this. I gave it my all, man. It's a story of greed and friendship, death, and possibly hallucinations. It has a happy ending though, I promise. This is a story of an old, prude, rich geezer guy named Daniel Descrude, and how on one Christmas Eve night, his whole life changed forever. Daniel Descrude, born into a family of rich business tyrants, ran a multi-billion dollar toy-making industry. He made vast profit margins by manufacturing cheap, crappy products with an even cheaper labor cost, and then selling them at a super high price. It had worked for decades. To Daniel, he knew he could make toys cheap, paint them pretty, market them, and sell them to stupid parents worldwide. With his crude demeanor and business mentality, Daniel did not have the luxury of friends, save for one man, Al Leong Don Johnson. Daniel and Al went to business college together, and for reasons unknown to Daniel, Al liked hanging around him. The two hit it off and spent most of each day with each other. Once graduating college, Daniel took over his family's company and brought Al along with him, making him his business partner. One of the things that Daniel and Al loved to do most was gamble. Daniel especially had a bit of a problem, but he had the money to back it up. Daniel always bet double. Throughout all of Daniel's life, he had always had something for the number two. If he passed a homeless person, he gave him two pennies. If he had to get a gift for someone, he would spend no more than two dollars. If he ordered a round of drinks, he always ordered himself too, And if he placed a bet, he always doubled it. One Christmas Eve, however, Daniel and Al had been out having a night of gambling and drinking, playing a high-stakes game of blackjack with an unsavory fellow. Daniel was dealt a jack of spades and a seven of hearts. The unsavory fellow was dealt a jack of clubs and a king of diamonds. Hating to lose and believing always in the number two, Daniel asked the dealer to hit him twice. Al was nervous before the hand, as the man they were playing against seemed a violent type and ill tempered. Don't do it, Dan, Al said. Let the guy win. It's just not worth it. Bah, humbug, Daniel said. I can beat him. He's just a sore loser. Watch and see. The dealer dealt Daniel two cards a two of spades and a two of hearts. Ha screamed Daniel. You see, two always wins As he grabbed for the pile of chips on the table, the unsavory man jumped up and screamed at Daniel and Al. You're a cheater, and I'll make you pay for it in the twos that you love so much. The man stormed out the door, cursing all the way. As they finished off the night with a lot of winning, Daniel and Al walked towards Daniel's car. When they got to the car, they spotted a man in a black overcoat standing nearby. Go home, hobo, Daniel screamed. Here. If you need money for the boss, here's $2. The man quickly stepped towards Daniel and Al, pulling a gun from underneath his coat. Keep your $2, you cheating scum. Here's two for you. The man screamed as he fired two shots at Daniel and Al, then took off running. In a panic, Daniel ducked, then started checking his body for gunshot wounds. Ha! Lucky again. I didn't get hit at all. You okay, Al? But Al didn't respond. Daniel looked to the side of the car where Al was standing. But Al was now on the ground. Not moving. Not breathing. Daniel had lost his friend. His only friend. Daniel quickly became a recluse after this. Ah! Now who's knocking on my door? How many people are coming here anyway? Damn it, Nate. Alright, what's this? I wasn't expecting a package. I mean, it is nice that you got it to the door this time. Uh, Let's see. Someone sent me a VCR. How am I going to do with that? And a bunch of VHS tapes. Oh, all right. I guess it makes sense. They're labeled Play Me. Well, that's creepy. Uh, You want to see what's on one of these tapes before we get back to the story? I mean, I've got a TV around here somewhere this will hook up to, I think.
1: Hello, this is Lydia with Orphaned Entertainment.
2: This is
3: Tom with Time Shifters Podcast. And this is Christopher, and we all want to wish you and
0: yours a fantastic holiday and a happy new year. Well, that was odd. I think this is some kind of Christmas special or something. It doesn't matter. Hey, let's get back to the story. Where were we? Oh, yeah, here we are. The following Christmas Eve was a dreadful one for Daniel. The memory of his friend's death came rolling back to the front of his mind. Instead of going out like he did every Christmas Eve, Daniel locked himself in his penthouse apartment that overlooked the city. He decided to turn in early this night, with no plans for Christmas the next morning, due to his newfound hatred for the holiday. Just as Daniel was about to fall asleep, a loud knock came from his front door. He tried to ignore and rolled over. The knocking continued rapidly and loud. Daniel stumbled out of bed and stormed to the door. Who could it be? He swung the door open, only to be met by Owl. Hey, you hear that music? Wait, is this the Miami Vice theme? What the hell is in this thing? Took you long enough to open the freaking door, man, Al proclaimed as he barged past Daniel, making his way straight to the bar. Daniel closed the door in shock. Am I dreaming? What the hell is going on? That's simple, Al said as he grabbed an expensive bottle of whiskey. You're not dreaming. You're fully awake, and you're seeing a ghost. Which is better than this cheap whiskey you have here? Al chugged the rest of the whiskey, only to have it pour out of two bullet holes in his gut. This isn't possible, Al. How are you? Wait a minute, that's not cheap. That stuff was really expensive. It was like $400 a bottle. Wait a minute, why are you here? It's Christmas Eve, man. I'm here for a night of partying like every year. So get dressed. Let's go, you old geezer. Confused and amazed, Daniel, without thinking, walks to his closet to get a change of clothes. Bewildered by what's happening, Daniel just kind of goes with it. Dan, I gotta tell you, being dead, it's not as bad as you might think. Come and go as you please, no responsibility. Bro, I can even walk through walls. Then why did you knock on my door? I didn't want to be rude. Oh, hey, by the way, seeing how you're taking forever to get dressed, I got a crazy story to tell you. On the way to your house, I met this creepy old ghost dude down by the docks. Calls himself the Ghost of Horror Lore. Dude's a real weirdo. But the story he told me was pretty great.
4: Nate, I think it's time we dig into this bad boy. I, uh, I... I'm excited that we got challenged, literally challenged, to watch both of these movies.
5: I didn't think it was going to be possible to do both.
4: I didn't either. And, you know, getting into, I watched Jack Frost as soon as it was on VHS and I saw it in a rental store.
5: Oh yeah, like years ago, because it was the classic, this isn't the Michael Keaton, Jack Frost movie.
4: I know, he was nowhere in the second one. Nowhere near the second one. I didn't, I, I watched the wrong movie.
5: We'll never get no, that, Michael Keaton's revenge. <laughs>
4: I'd watch that. We got challenged by Pete to watch this second one. a lot, So we're kind of doing this double feature. So uh, I watched the second one and I'm going, I can't believe I've never watched this. this. This is
5: fantastic. Oh, same. Because, like, for some reason, the second one in the community is just forgotten about, kind of shunned about. Just like, oh, no, that one's really bad. It's like, The bar is already very low with Jack Frost. Right? That's what I'm saying. Part two just goes balls to the wall right from the very beginning, has a little bit of a slowdown, and then just picks up and does not let go of just being absolutely stupid, dumb, crazy, fun time.
4: I don't think I would have appreciated this movie as much as I do now if I had been like 17 or 18.
5: I probably would have snubbed it because I would have been like, oh, this isn't like, you know, whatever... The latest horror movie at the time would have been whatever the you know next masterpiece,
4: and I think that's I actually think that's what this movie suffers from. Like this movie needs like a shout factory 4K re release, and it was funny a double feature
5: re release that they do, and then like this could be a part of like a midnight showing at like your local independent theater too of like everyone yelling at the screen, no one's actually. Taking it seriously. They're just there to have a good time with the audience.
4: Totally think this is a get a group of people coming over and it's going to be a blast. You're going to be laughing in tears through most of it, just because once someone starts laughing crazily, you're going to start laughing and you're not even going to realize you're laughing at the movie. Before we dig too far into this, you know the people want it. We need the Nate three sentence synopsis times two. Let's do this. Hold on. Let me set the mood for you just a little bit.
2: Go ahead.
5: Slashing in the snow in a one-night open sleigh, you don't know jack about a holly jolly Christmas. But wait, there's more. A vacation getaway to forget last year's massacre. Last Christmas, he melted your heart. All he wants for Christmas is to settle a score. I
4: really thought I had enough bells to cover your entire bed, but I didn't. I wasn't prepared for movie voice Nate.
5: <laughs> I thought about doing the whole uh, episode as my Jack Frost impersonation. Nah, what are you doing there, Charlie? Oh,
4: you you mean Chucky? Yeah, because
5: <laughs> literally the first movie is just child's play but it totally snowman
4: i mean this movie started out with a serial killer on his way to being executed and gets released in an accident and it so
5: it gets vaporized by chemicals that are supposed to attach to amiibos or something fake science <laughs> I'm i'm prepared hold on hold on Looks like
3: deep-fried jacks off the menu for tonight. We can do this the easy way, or we can... This is going to hurt.
4: Uh, that's Charles Lee Ray. I don't care what you say. If you, you oh, know, yeah, that's... it
5: totally is. He was definitely doing his best, Charles, Charles Lee Ray, and that like grotesque mute i
4: love the gore falling
5: apart like when that happened i was like all right we're in for a good time because i haven't seen this movie since i was a kid and then oh, it's man. just like i counted it i paused it when jack frost finally shows up it's like 35 minutes into the movie and it's a very sluggish so 35 it, minutes of me just being bored
4: <laughs> it set up like your classic like slasher movie like how it took so long in like Nightmare on Elm Street to get to the seeing Freddy. To get to
5: the, that, that first kill.
4: Yeah, and this kind of setting a mood and setting... I think really the only thing that made this movie a kind of a B-movie schlock fest was the acting. I mean, it's not anything to write home about. It was very...
5: This is what would happen if you put me in front of a camera that's the same acting you would get
4: i've seen low budget with good acting but i was like this was kind of like trauma level without how did trauma let not like distribute this but no and you know the first one is such a slow burn but when it kind of does start going i appreciated the kills because you know nostalgia i remember the snowman uh going around and just icing people to death and freezing yeah he's icing them. and
5: dicing and then like he has an axe and you think he's going to chop a person up but instead he actually does something really cool where he like slams he the, the entire butt. axe down the guy's throat
4: <laughs> now and then it brought me right back in with the decapitation scene i oh,
5: okay.
4: love that part because it's the kid's like, Jack has just appeared in the front of this kid's yard, and his mom's like, here, go decorate the snowman. You know, the bully neighborhood kids are all like, oh, you got to move this thing. It's in our way. And he's got, like, the and,
5: weirdest accent, too, that bully kid.
4: And so they start sledding, and the Jack pushes one of the kids over, and the sled goes over the kid's neck and decapitates it. Yeah,
5: because I definitely remember my sled was that sh- razor sharp, too.
4: <laughs> oh, that razor sharp, I had that much speed, and the head went flying.
5: The kill go for ahead. me was... Uh, there's like the little old woman who gets her head bashed into ornaments. Oh, I it's love clearly that. Clearly a dummy's head with a wig yeah. being slammed over and over again into this box full of ornaments. And each time she comes up, there's more glass ornaments in her face and more blood running down her. Uh, it was face. fantastic.
4: And that you know what? When they do the good kills, I appreciated them. And I was like, yeah. this is awesome. So we're going to fast forward. This is a double feature. We're going to fast forward to how they killed Jack. They figure out what what gets rid of ice and snow.
5: Antifreeze. Yeah,
4: <laughs> and literally enough antifreeze to fill the back of a pickup truck with. It sounds ridiculous, but you know what? You're you're watching a movie about a, a living snowman that is like, he he in, he gets inside of a dude at one point. So yeah. I mean, there, anything's anything is on the table.
5: And if you think that's ridiculous, in the second one, you bring back our main cop, oh. and he has a necklace of antifreeze that he carries around him lo- for the entire year, waiting for Jack that. to ever come back.
4: So, so they kill they 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 kill quotation marks Jack with antifreeze and they melt him. They melt him and they bury it all in jugs of antifreeze. That's how they figured out to get rid of Jack. Uh, So we're going to jump right into the second one, because this is the one thing I appreciated more about the second one than anything. They brought back so many people from the first movie.
5: Yeah, I didn't expect that whatsoever, because like the second one was made, I think, three years later. I was like, There's no way they're going to get anyone involved from that first one. They
4: actually brought they brought the hero sheriff back, his wife, the dispatch lady from the sheriff's office, the deputy from the sheriff's office. And they brought back the federal agent, but they recast him. Yeah. But they don't (laughs) hide the fact that they recast him. They literally make a joke about, hey, is that the federal agent from last Christmas? Yeah. Wow, he looks so much better now. I was like, (laughs) oh, my God.
5: They acknowledged it and moved on so quickly. I loved it. The second one also, while I was waiting forever for kills to happen in the first one, the second one instantly has like glass exploding into a man's face. And then it kind of oh, yeah. slow once again, but then when it does pick up, like there's a moment where Jack is, you know, picking off these like teenage girls, and he Co- literally turns himself scene. into an anvil and drops on one.
4: Literally an anvil, like a snow anvil,
5: squishes her into a blood puddle.
4: <laughs> Ser- and that's where. So okay, I'll I'll admit beginning of this movie of the second one, I was like, I think I know why it's rated 3.7. It was very slow. The two or three kills we get were a little like, eh, like you guys are phoning this in. I literally looked at Jackie and went, they did the sequel so they could do this in like in a tropical area and have a vacation.
5: Yeah, because that's how way You could film a vacation.
4: Yeah, they didn't want to film in the snow, which was funny when they filmed the first one. It, it was, was like winter 70 degrees and it was 70 degrees. Yeah, I love that part. This movie decides to go F it. We're turning it to 11 there. There's a snowball scene where Jack starts throwing killer snowballs, blows a dude's arm off and, and poses this girl, it covers blood her. and and thick, chunks, visceral goo.
5: Yeah. All over her. And, then, like, and I'm he like, gets another snowball into a guy's like mouth. And, like, the way that that explodes his mouth open. Oh. Oh,
4: oh, and we we left out. There's a literally an exploding head in this
5: movie. Yeah, the, a head literally just explodes because a woman eats an ice cube that he is made out of. And because she ate him and chewed it, he just explodes her head. And then the second one decides to go even further by turning into, like, a critter slash gremlins knockoff by giving Jack tiny little baby snowball babies. Who then go on a rampage of like eating bones and one's got a mohawk that's got spikes, Liberty I love Spikes. It.
4: They called them snowboys. And here's the thing. I had I paid zero attention to the cover of this movie. Oh, same. And apparently in his mouth is one of the snowboys. So it's like it's like teasing you that there's this little snowball creature. And I'm it does like, does what Tremorus
5: oh. 2 does by giving you the tiny graboids.
4: It does. And then I was like, okay, one pops out. And I'm like, okay. There's one. And then there's like a hundred and, and on like, the island. Counts,
5: it's like 20 or on one single person. And like, it's so cheaply and fun, like hysterically done. But man, every time they're biting people, it's just blood everywhere. Like well, they, they definitely the up
1: the blood fingers
4: factor. off. They took the dude's fingers off. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you saw it. I was like, that, now it's okay. There's some CG stuff I felt like was a little silly. I was like, honestly, you should have saved some budget on that. Gave me more kills at the beginning.
5: And just cut the camera away instead of doing the CG.
4: So they, 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 they defeat Jack because he, when the sheriff kills him in the first one, in the antifreeze, he's in the antifreeze. He has a wound. So they explain that some of the sheriff's DNA got into Jack and the sheriff has a banana allergy. So they explode these little <laughs> snowballs with banana mango juice in super soakers. And then Jack dies by him shooting a bow and arrow of a banana into his heart. And he
5: explodes because Jack was trying to devour his wife in a literal Iron Maiden. Yeah, made Iron Maiden of ice and snow. snow. <laughs> Loved it with a little happy snowman face.
4: Well, I want to say one thing about this. And me and Nate both agreed. If you took the first movie and the second movie and edited out all of the boring slow parts, you could make one absolute badass Jack Frost movie. Where Definitely.
6: they
4: like they, they could end the 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 center part where they think they won and you're like there's still 45 minutes left to this movie to an hour. What's going on? And then they end up in the tropics and I I would be like sold. You don't even really have to explain how
5: they go from the winter to the tropics. Just like splice it together. It's no big deal whatsoever. All right, man. uh, I have some raining bloods. Definitely go for it.
4: So in the first one, I have asterisks. I have asterisks for this movie. I love the
5: asterisks. There are
4: 11 movie kills that we see happen in the movie. 11 people die. They do talk about there's 38 additional murders that Jack Frost is responsible for across multiple states. So technically, there's like 49 in the movie. But I'm like, if I'm counting what this guy killed, we have to count what everyone else kills. But
5: yeah, his uh, body count total.
4: Yeah. On screen was 11. Now the sequel, as sequels do,
5: crank this it. sucker up. Yeah.
4: And this one has an asterisk and I didn't break it down to divide it, but there's 48 that's including blowing up the little snow boys because <laughs> they literally blow. You see them they blow up load like they put firecrackers in them and a little bit of blood packet. And yeah, boom! yes. Blood and snow. Cool. Let's do machetes. Let's do it.
2: Guys, it's OK. He just wanted
3: his machete back. Woo!
4: Nate, I'm going to let you start.
5: All right. I'm going to do these collectively as one centerpiece. Uh, They both hold each other back and they both like kind of excel one another Uh, collectively by yourself. It's definitely a four out of 10, maybe a three and a half out of 10. They're not, not the, uh, not going to revisit these anytime soon, unless it is with a group of friends. There is alcohol involved and we're up late and it's getting slap happy. That's what you have to watch these movies with. Keep that in mind. Yep.
4: Oh, I hundred percent agree. Mine is going to pretty much mirror yours. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to word it differently. I'm giving these movies as two movies together, a four fun factor, especially for number two is an eight. When the things really start going nuts.
5: Yeah. Two doesn't deserve all the hate it gets.
4: It doesn't. I honestly, if you haven't watched two, watch the first one, watch the second one and just, Brace yourself once that arm gets blown off, and just get ready for the ride of your
5: it's life. It's a glorious snowball fight. Both of these are on Tubi right now as well, so you can watch yeah. them both for free.
4: Watch them for free. Have a good time. Um, this, you know, this is obviously going to be one of our holiday specials, which is why we have the bells and everything, and just having some fun with this one. And yeah, we did a double feature, Jack Frost. Nate, give us the good word, brother.
1: Groovy. Hail to the king, baby.
0: oh i need a refill you know what before we continue with this story which by the way is turning out to be excellent we should check out these vhs tapes i mean i'm kind of curious to see what the hell's on them
3: Hey, Charlie and Dan and the entire Give Me Back My Action Movies family. It's Corey from Podcasting After Dark and Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And Zach from Podcasting After Dark and $2 late fee. Wishing you all a very happy and safe holiday season. We can't wait to see what you guys do in 2022. Keep on rocking, And we'll catch you guys on the dark side.
0: Hey. That was pretty good. i want to check those guys out. I'll just write that down. All right. Well, let's get back to our story. Are you ready yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Okay. This is a lot to take in. You're a freaking ghost. You're yelling at me. You're drinking all my good booze. Just give me a second. Daniel grabbed a glass from the bar and quickly swallowed some of the whiskey. Okay. Okay, Al. Okay. Where are we going? And what are we doing? Oh, you're going to love it, man. I know the perfect place. Just follow my lead. Al turned and walked right through the front door into the hallway. I swear, I must be dreaming. Yo, taxi! Al yelled as Daniel walked up next to him on the sidewalk. Don't you think you look a little, well, um, dead to be going out, Al? I mean, you look dead, dead. Not just like dead, but dead, dead. Nah, man. I'll just tell everyone I went to a Nightmare Before Christmas party. Now get in! Step on a cabbie. Ow. Where are we going? Oh, man. Trust me. You're going to love it. Oh, man. I got another story to tell you. I met this other ghost on 18th. He calls himself the ghost with an explosion fetish. <laughs> no kidding. Did you hear about that public restroom over on Candy Hill Lane that blew up and crap went everywhere? Totally this guy. <laughs> anyway, he told me this crazy story. So Charlie, let's start talking about Fat Man. Uh, what do you What do you think? What do you get? let everyone know how you feel about the Fat Man, and not me. What? Oh, I'm the original Fat Man, but so
4: not okay. No, I was getting confused for a second. There. I know, I know. As in Old Saint Nick, I'm a huge fan. As far as Fat Man the movie, I am also a fan. I, I enjoyed this movie. It's. I wouldn't say this is like. On the level of like Die Hard, I uh-huh. mean, obviously not, but I enjoyed it. I, I really did. It was a, it was a different take on a story. I didn't know I wanted. I liked
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know what the cast as well. So the the two main characters, um, Chris Chris Kringle, obviously yep. uh, Mel Gibson, and the Skinny Man. So the Fat Man and the Skinny Man. Love that. Um, it, it, Walter Goggins and. Goggins is in a ton of stuff when you see him you're going to go oh yeah it's, it's it's that guy
4: he's like one of my top five actors right now and you know Mel Gibson is you know Mel Gibson you know lethal sure. weapon uh, more recently like the Expendables movies he did uh, those like back in time movies like Patriot you um, know uh,
0: Scottish Patriot
4: scott scottish patriot the
0: scottish patriot yeah oh that yeah, was well. the
4: scottish remake of patriot
0: wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah <laughs> yeah well i well, the scottish one was first then the it was a you get my point
4: oh, okay so so we should say uh american braveheart
0: yes american braveheart yeah braveheart and american braveheart Correct, i think we just yes.
4: made a new saturday morning cartoon what? american braveheart what, what? what?
0: American Braveheart starring Stone Cold Steve Austin.
4: I thought I took that button away from you. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, um, this this movie was fun. It was it was kind of a cool little twist on a, a I don't know, it's a naughty kid doesn't get his way. Correct. He hires a hitman of all yeah. things.
0: And you already had a vendetta against Santa. Yeah,
4: so Walter Goggins had a vendetta against Santa because, well, they don't explain it at first. That was kind of the wild ride, not wild ride, but the ride we're on that right. he he has this vendetta out. He takes on the job from this kid. Basically, this is your quintessential spoiled-ass kid. He, he's got a rich family. Mommy and daddy aren't around. Grandma's raising him. And the kid's
0: a real bastard.
4: And he steals money from his grandma to hire Hit um So, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. I, I don't want to give it all away because I'd love for everyone to watch this movie. You know, this was this is a definitely go watch it type movie.
1: Sure. Um, yeah.
4: So yeah, uh we we follow Walter Goggins on his trip to f- assassinate Santa, and this is <laughs> yep. not our normal Santa, is he Dan?
0: No, he is a long, uh, ducks, duck dynasty style beard lives in the, <laughs> so he doesn't exactly live in the, in, on the North pole, but he lives like in a Northern town uh, He's like North Pole and, and, adjacent. And, yeah. He's in Alaska. It's a, it's a, uh, rural town in Alaska, but he just, if you look at his property, he, it, it kind of, you know, you would expect the old man to live there because it's just a house and a barn and, and a beat up Ford and some other like tractors and, and yeah. stuff just sitting around the property. And uh, unbeknownst though, is, you know, you go down, open the door, go down in to the underground yeah. uh, where the barn is. And that's the, basically that's the, uh, the, the, that's Santa's workshop. Yeah. yeah it's the that's factory. the manufacturing it's area. Yeah. So, so you, you, do, you wouldn't expect it, you know, and even Santa, no. he, he takes the, the Ford and goes into town, and stops at the bar and has a drink and everything, you know, it's, it's well, he, Santa with everyday problems.
4: He, he stops at the bar to get a drink. He checks his PO box yeah. and then he pulls around back. Cause they have two pallets worth of letters to, I'm guessing Santa. So I'm thinking the guy just thinks that, you know, Chris takes them, you know, and tries to fulfill some of them because they never let on like the postmaster knew he was, Santa Claus. Everyone just calls him Chris in town. So uh, well, I was confused on that one part right there. Well, I think
0: they all kind of know because the one time and like when he's in the bar and this one dude is basically going to go home with the bartender and the bartender leaves and he tells the dude he, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, uh, you got the wife and kids, You might want to get home to them because you're being a scumbag. The dude takes off and the bartender just kind of looks at him like another one. Why is it every time that you're here, I go home alone? Yeah, I
4: I get you. So I like, they're kind of in on it, but they're not like, right. They don't talk about it. No. So we, we end up with this situation where we find out that obviously we all know what Christmas is like. Now Christmas spirit is down, which also means Santa's numbers are down. And we find out that he is paid to operate through the US government That's because right.
0: Santa's a contractor, government Go yeah. contractor.
4: And so they keep him around because it's what boosts the Christmas spirit which in turn is boosting Christmas spending. So the idea of Santa and Christmas is worth trillions, Santa's worth like $600,000. Know? You know,
0: the thing I thought was weird is like Goggin's his character, he's buying and collecting and storing items from santa's workshop because as we find out he didn't get a lot from santa as a kid no yeah but uh, there's a little plaque on each thing it says from santa's workshop yeah i thought that was kind of cool you need to make a few of those in your shop and then sell those to people online
4: Uh, i thought i thought it was a nice little thing to show that there are a handful of people like if you still believe in santa and you're good you got one gift from santa so yeah. they didn't—they didn't like say your parents didn't do anything, but you got one gift from Santa. And even if you, if you shoot back, him with a deer rifle, yeah. Well, you got Cole. He did get shot with a deer rifle in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. This movie gets wild after a little bit. So yeah. basically, what's happened is Santa and Mrs. Claus are like running out of money. They've been kind of out of pocket for a few they years. Pay bills. Yeah, yeah. And the U.S. government has kind of set them up. They're like, hey, you only delivered half the amount of toys to good kids. We're only going to pay you half the amount of money because that's our contract. And you're like, that's kind of messed up, but sounds like our government. Sure, yeah. All in a ruse because the U.S. government wants to contract Santa Claus's workshop to build control boards for jet planes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so Santa has to do side work.
4: Yeah. He gets a whole separate contract subsidy. And now all the elves, which the elves were awesome in this, they're not your holly jolly, you know, bright colors. They're just like, Hey, they're we're here to get 80. shit. We're here to get shit done. Like what's yeah. the job? Let's do it. Let's get this done. And I love that. I mean, that was cool, but they kept on with the, one of the army guys is talking to him at, at lunch. And he's like, how do you guys do it? And they're all eating junk food. It reminded me of elf, you know, when. Yeah. Will Ferrell's putting syrup on everything. These are literally eating sugar. They go, well, we just do a a high carb, high sugar type intake. And that's what keeps us young and vigorous. We get like a 30 minute nap every eight hours and we're we're good to go. Yeah. Holy crap.
0: I know. I'm like, I'm like, is that sugar? Is that Coke? What are they ingesting? Because I think a little bit of both. It might have been a little bit of both, for sure. That's it. The wildest thing, I think, in this movie is we actually got to... Well, we didn't see Santa get late, but Santa got, Santa got some... Santa got Santa, Santa and Mrs. Claus had their own um, uh, stocking stuffing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and... and we didn't see the actual thing go down, but we Thank saw you. the aftermath of the thing go down.
4: I didn't need to see the candy cane. It's fine. No, <laughs> I'm, no I'm we're, good.
0: we're good. You leave them lumps of coal when your britches are Santa. I mean, so, he, had a, he had a Yule log, I mean, in his pants and exactly what you think I'm talking about.
4: So we're fo- We follow Goggins as he makes the trek up through Canada. Literally, they show him crossing the border, having all of his paperwork filled out because he's carrying guns. He says he's going hunting and makes it all the way up to this small town and finds Santa, you know, the the workshop and infiltrates it and kills half a dozen uh, guards and military and goes down in, messes up the entire production line thankfully santa was done with when when they got interrupted you <laughs> yeah, know yeah, from their yeah, interlude was, yeah um but they they actually have like this alarm system and one of the elves is like santa we got trouble there's you know taking fire and santa slides a box out from underneath his bed and santa's strapped it is awesome
0: i've come for your hands fat man oh god I love I love it so much. <laughs> so they, uh, they, the, the, yeah, they, the, they throw down, and um, you know, uh, eventually Santa prevails after taking a, a a bullet to the eye.
4: Yeah, Santa gets shot. In the eye. I, I want to say one thing though that the whole reason why Goggins was mad at Santa was he got a little car and he carried it with him.
0: Little police car, yep. Little police car,
4: and he threw it at Santa when during their standoff. And he goes, "This is the only thing you ever gave me," and he goes, "I'm sorry, son. I'm o- I can only do so much. I couldn't give you new parents, right?" And you're just like, "Holy crap!" Like this was this guy was like probably abused. Well, he is abused. They show the burn marks on his arm right. earlier yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So he was abused as a kid. So his only Christmas wish after that car was. I want new parents. Santa, yeah. give me new parents. And you could see the heartbreak in Santa's eyes. Like, I'm sorry if I could have, I would have. Yeah, You're Santa. Like, he
0: crap, wanted man. he wanted to help. That's the thing. Yeah, you know. So after after the shootout and Santa prevails, he goes and visits the little turd kid that caused the whole problem in the first place, yeah. Billy Billy Winman. Billy Winman. <laughs> he goes and visits Billy and he and mrs claus mrs kringle they come in there and at this point chris kringle has a patch on his eye from where he took the shot but he's yeah, he got shot in the head but yeah. yeah
4: we find out that he's got he's like Santa. he's like wolverine he's got faster healing powers
0: <laughs> yeah basically chris kringle's a mutant so he's he like that
4: actually yeah in the
0: marvel so universe he is. Uh, so yes exactly <laughs> So he finally sits down with Billy and tells him, he's like, hey, look, I want to be proactive from now on. If you screw up one more time, one more time, yeah, I'm coming for you. And then
4: the fat man's got his eye on you, kid. God. And that's how Santa talks this whole movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's Even when awful. he's
4: happy, he's gravelly. My favorite bit was he kept stealing cookies from Mrs. Claus and not in the way Dan was talking about earlier.
0: No, no, but he did do that, too.
4: But she would walk around with this plate of cookies all the time, giving them to people, and he would sneak around, grab one, and take off running. And I was uh-huh. like, i that's me. I love doing that when Jackie's cooking. I steal food constantly.
0: The actual relationship between Santa and Mrs. Claus, or Chris and Mrs. Claus, was yeah,
4: awesome. I, I enjoyed that. Look, I think Mel Gibson nailed it in this. Say what you want about the man. We're not here to talk about his politics or what he feels as an actor, I've always been a Mel Gibson fan of his movies. I liked him in this a lot. I liked all the actors really in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was good. The acting in it was was pretty solid. It so, was it small was. budget, small film. Check it out. Charlie, let's do a body count.
4: Let's do body counts.
7: Yeah. Body count.
0: Right. Yeah. All right, Charlie, what's the body count of Fat
4: Man? All right, so Fat Man, we get decent action movie numbers. Uh, we have a total of 15, uh, two asterisks. The first asterisk is not one elf dies in this movie, thankfully. Correct. I was Correct. real happy about that because I thought the lead elf was going to eat it the way they did They, they did it. But he, he lives. And then Santa gets shot in the eye and we think he's dead. And he miraculously real lives. So we now have dead, dead, dead real life. So there it is. Medic. Like I said, he's the Wolverine of the North pole.
0: He's the Wolverine of, of holidays.
1: I like it. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. And then, so 15 for the body count here on fat man. Let's find out what Charlie and I thought of fat man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what fat man needed it needed alley on it
4: i know i really would have loved to see some Ali he could
0: have been, been one of the elves
4: totally could have
0: charlie i'm gonna say that i watched this movie and i'm gonna give it a five so right out of the bat give it a five right down the road i didn't dislike the movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: i didn't lo- love the movie no, <laughs> it, I was, it, it was weird it was shot well yes I thought the acting from everyone involved was pretty good, except the little girl. She was kind of shit. But the the rest of the acting was pretty good. Um, I liked the premise of it, Mm -hmm. and I I liked the way it all got put together. But something about watching it, I just went, afterwards, I went, did I like this? Eh? Did I dislike it? Eh?" So I'm going to give it a five.
4: No, I think that's fair. I mean, I we talked about this earlier. I I agree with. We we kind of even talked through it to try and see where we both were because yeah. I, I did enjoy this movie. It's it's not the next Die Hard Christmas special, but I'm giving it a six. So okay. it had a bit more that I appreciated because a Walter Goggins. He's again, he's like my in my top five right now. Yeah, of actors.
0: fantastic. Love fantastic, that guy. Yeah.
4: And like you said, it was acted well. I love the premise that Christmas spirit is waning and Santa is paid to do the job. It's not, you know, just out of his kindness of his heart, because you know what materials cost and material costs are going up. (laughs) That's
0: right. They're still paying the bills.
4: That's right. So I'm doing a six. I think a six and a five. That's fair. I think that's really fair for this. movie.
0: Six and a five for fat man. Check it out. If you get a chance to remember Don't let your kids watch it. There's uh, gunfights and there's the F-bomb quite a bit. Charlie, thanks, everyone, for listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast, as we discuss Fat Man. Charlie, please take us home. I'll be back. Man, is that not insane? Talk about a body count. I'll tell you, Dan, some of these ghosts I've met are crazy. Where are we? What, you don't remember this place? Wait, is this the parking lot where you were shot? Al, why are we here? I don't want to be here. Calm down, you big wuss. Now get out of the car. We're here for a reason. To help you. Daniel begrudgingly got out of the car. Uh, Dan. Cabby. Gotta pay him. I'm a ghost. I got no money. And don't forget the tip. Daniel shoots Al a dirty glare. What? I'm dead, dude. I don't have any money. As the taxi pulls away, Daniel turns to face the dark parking lot. Memories of Al being shot flood Daniel's mind. Oh, I thought we were going to go out and have drinks and have a good time. Why are we here? Oh, we have drinks. Don't you worry about that, my friend. Al proclaimed as he pulled out half a gallon of Jack Daniel's finest from his coat. Where did you get that from? I thought you said you didn't have any money. Oh, I don't. I took this bottle from your place. Nice, Al. Nice. It's good to see being dead hasn't changed you too much. Hi, right, Dan. We're here because you need help. Al said as he opened his bottle and took a big swig. He then passed the bottle to Dan. As Daniel stared at Al and the bottle with a disgusting look, Al says, Hey, just because I'm dead doesn't mean I have cooties. Now drink it. Daniel grabs the bottle and takes a big drink. Since I died, man, you've become a recluse. You've shut everyone out at the company. You stop going out. You hate Christmas. You've become a monster, dude. We gotta fix that. Hey, how do you propose we fix you being dead because of me? Easy. I'm gonna tell you a story about a real monster. What a real monster's like, which
3: you're not.
2: This time on the Monster Movie Stomp Down, we are going to a winter carnival at a ski lodge where we will be aptly attacked by a snow beast, as the movie is called. Of course, you got Sludge here. Co host across from me is Mark, our brother from Texas, Ruben who's probably never been to a ski lodge because he enjoys the warm weather no. of Texas. <laughs> it's like you keep <laughs> I've only, seen sto- you. I've
1: only seen snow like three times in my life.
7: maybe
2: 4 <laughs> I've seen it too many times to count. Oh, yes. So, but this movie snow beast came out April of 1977. This was a made for TV film that was released on NBC. Of course it got released on VHS. And of course you can find it on, I think bootleg copies of DVD somewhere along the lines. Um, But this movie, again made for TV, uh, dealt with a um, snow beast that's a a Yeti or a Bigfoot. They're not 100% sure in the film um, that descends on a ski resort in an unnamed town during their winter, their Christmas winter carnival, and starts killing off um, some of the guests at the lodge. And it's up to our main characters, uh, Gar, Ellen, Tony, and Sheriff Paraday, uh, to put an end to this beast and to kill it before it kills more. Uh, It's got a pretty good. cast for a 1977 made-for-TV film. You've got Bo Svensson in it, and uh, one of the bigger names, him and Clint Walker. and Bo Svensson... He's been in other films, um, a lot of made-for-TV films. But he was in the original Glorious Bastards, uh, Portrait of a Hitman. Uh, He was also in the Delta Force, which people have probably at least seen that. Uh, Then you got Clint Walker. Clint Walker was in the original Ten Commandments. He was in the original Dirty Dozen. Uh, He's was on Jack Benny Show. He was in another good monster movie that you know may come down the line, The Night of the Grizzly. Um, They round out a pretty good cast, uh, and they're also joined again by the other main characters, Ellen and Tony. Ellen, played by Yvette Momo. and Tony, played by Robert Logan. Now, Tony and Ellen and Gar, as you get in the movie, are best friends. Uh, Gar and Ellen are married, and uh, they've been friends for many, many years. Um, Gar it was is an Olympic uh, champion for skiing and had moved away but had came back to ask Tony for a job uh, because he's been struggling with some personal things. Um, since uh, winning the gold medal in the Olympics for skiing. Ellen, his wife, is a uh, TV journalist, um, and she's there to help because she knows that Gar's struggling to the point of almost like depression, like he's lost and doesn't know who he is anymore, um, and that's causing issues for their marriage. So they go uh, back to this resort to meet up with Tony to try and, try and work through it and get some help um of course now when they show up it's the worst of times because in the beginning of the movie we got two uh, girls skiing down the slopes and one of them gets a little afraid feels like something's off and she sees these footprints and then hears a noise in the distance and takes off and leaves her friend hanging kind of a douche move but yeah. you know whatever um you <laughs> know if it was if it was two dudes they'd have stuck together you know but no it was two girls and the one was out the moment she you know heard something funky so <laughs> the other ski um Girl ends up getting killed by the uh, the beast, the snow beast, the Yeti, Bigfoot, mutant, whatever. Uh, they don't really tell you 100% what it is. It's believed to be one of those, though. Um, <clears throat> the girl who survives immediately makes it to some uh, ski resort members and reports her friend missing, thinks she was attacked. And that's when Tony, uh, one of the main characters who actually manages the lodge, uh, goes to try and look for, her, and he can't find her. But he ends up finding just um, like her overcoat that she was wearing, and it's ripped, torn to shreds, and bloody. And while this is going on, Gar and Ellen have showed up at the at the lodge, and uh, Tony makes it back and uh, to try to talk to the sheriff, and uh, can't get a hold get a hold of him unfortunately because they find a body. Well, there is an old farmhouse uh, on the mountain. Um, where the girl's body is found. And that's when they realize that there's something killing people and they've got to put a stop to it. Um, So the movie, quick, easy movie, Monster Run Amic, Gar, Ellen, Tony, um, and Sheriff Paraday decided they they need to go out and try and kill this thing and stop it. Before they head out to do so, it comes right into town and attacks um, the local high school um, where they're getting prepped for the... um, fall festival or the winter carnival. Um, and then ends up killing the winter carnival queen's mom in a pretty gruesome little death inside of her her vehicle. Um, and so they decide the next morning they go out after this thing. Um, in the process, they go out after it. They, um, um, go toe to toe with it. It actually ends up killing the sheriff and it boils down to Gar, Ellen and Tony, our main true main characters, uh, having to go one-on-one with this thing. They end up shooting it. Um, and Gar goes after it uh, as it tries to escape. Uh, and then it goes and comes and attacks Gar at the end of the movie. And uh, Gar shoots him, unloads on him, doesn't stop it. It's still come after it. And then what seems kind of poetic, considering he was an Olympic ski, uh, Olympic, a champion, gold, gold winner, Olympic skier, but couldn't ski no more until it was time to save his wife in this movie, uh, picks up a ski. What are those things called? I don't, I don't ski. Oh. Ski pole. There you (laughs) go. That sounds good. Ski pole. Uh, uh, That's what it is. (laughs) And and impales the snow beast. And as the snow beast is reeling in pain, it falls off the side of the mountain and presumably dies. Quick, easy movie. This was a made-for-TV horror film um, that was pretty fun for a winter um, Christmas-esque type movie. Um, This movie, no clue what it did. Sales-wise, no clue the budget because this was a (laughs) made-for-TV film. We can just assume it was a lower budget film which you can tell by watching it um but uh, i'll i'll jump into it um i thought it was done pretty well actually for a made for tv film from 1977 uh the suit for the snow beast isn't the best it's well better than most uh of the bigfoot yeah, horror. average
1: for tv <laughs> yeah for yeah. tv it's not too bad
2: especially considering what yeah. bigfoot horror films there are out there um It's better than most, Uh, but uh, they do it well because they make sure to try and keep it off camera or quick shots of it so that you don't get a full long glimpse and realize, wow, this suit sucks. Um, (laughs) The way they handle it is really, really well. Um, For me, it's fun, man. When it comes to the Bigfoot horror films, this is actually probably my top three because unfortunately, as we all probably know, there's not many good ones anyways. Um, But this one's the top three. I saw this as a kid, and the reason why, and again, in the last episode, we talked about some nostalgic things. The reason why this stuck with me for Christmas time is because I rented this um, from Rutledge Video during uh, Christmas time. And I'm not sure where my mother and my sisters were, but I remember, Mark, you were working at Pizza Plus, mm-hmm. and we lived in the trailer way out in the woods. And the reason why this one got to me as a kid was because the trailer that we were in, I was home alone watching this late at night. It was snowing. We had like, that was why you were working because, you know, right. policy of Pizza Plus is the managers have to be there if it snows. And it snowed like eight, ten inches. Like it was a good snow. And we're surrounded by woods where I live. And we're right at the base of a mountain. So I'm watching this Bigfoot horror movie out on a mountain in the snow. Okay. Setting's perfect. It's late at night. But to make matters worse and why it's my dad's fault that this movie stuck with me forever is the, <laughs> the back door of our trailer never really closed. Like, it didn't lock. You could just push it open. Like, yes. you remember that door? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. And I I don't remember that you ever fixed that. Did you ever fix that? No. Yeah. So no. no. So here I am out in the middle of the woods at the base of a mountain, snowing, watching this horror movie of a Bigfoot. All alone. All alone. Knowing that anything can open that back door at any time because yes. it did not shut, it did not lock, it was just
7: there. Yes.
2: So, this stuck with me because it was your fault. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like most nostalgic movies for me. So that, that's him saying I'm scared without saying I'm scared. It's right. It, I'm it, scared. Yeah. yeah. I was scared. Okay. Yeah. It, it it terrified me as a child, and it's Mark's fault. So all my psychological issues is all because of this one moment. Uh, during a Christmas winter storm, Thank watching you. Thank a you very much. Christmas winter Bigfoot yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> thanks to Mark, who just left me home solo. I don't even know where my parent, my mother was. or th- I think they were grandmas, maybe.
7: They up, just weren't they, home. Up at the top of the hill is where they were at in the, in the house. No, no, no. This was in Rutledge. Yeah, up at the top of the hill. Just go on. Oh, yeah. No, okay. no, no. This was the <laughs> Rutledge house behind Joppa. The trailer yeah. behind Joppa. Yeah. Your grandmother lived in the house on top of the hill. See,
2: that's how much it's messed with me.
7: Okay. Listeners. So anyway,
2: so I mean, I enjoyed this film. Every time I watch it, it just kind of takes me back to that moment and it's great. Um, And for a made for TV film, man, the acting was good. Uh, The story was as solid as it could be um, for, you know, just a Bigfoot horror film. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do anyways. Um, And the special effects I thought would handle great. Clint did a great job i mean actually robert logan who played tony did a great job uh i thought the cast was pretty
7: solid again for a uh, made for tv yeah. film um what do you guys think i think uh overall was it was a halfway decent you know i to me uh, it, if you can't make a decent suit don't do it and so yeah, right. uh, i think that's I one agree. of the problems yeah. uh with these type of movies is, is you get a quick, quick glimpse here quick glimpse there and uh, you know the the most I think you really really see is his hand when he's reaching in and grabbing somebody. Yeah, that looks good. Um, and so I think that's that's the only downfall. Uh, but I I agree. This guy had good actors and actresses. The story's pretty good. And uh, overall, I saw uh, you know it was a it was a decent it was a decent movie. Yeah. So Ruben, what about you? Well,
1: you know I I grew up watching movies like this, so to me. It, it, I thought it was fun, you know, um, they did a good job with the beast, but I, I'm not sure about the timing. Cause I was a kid, but you know, I grew up watching $6 million man. And when Andre the giant did the Sasquatch, I think, yeah. So I have that in my head. That that's the ultimate Sasquatch to me. Cause he was so huge, but it, it's a fun movie to watch. It is made for TV. It is dated. You'll know it right away. But, um, Like I said, I grew up watching these movies and, and they were always fun. They're always fun to watch. I thought they did a good job of suspense with this movie. Um, you alluded to it earlier. You and Mark both. They they don't show enough of him, but they show enough of, you know, it's, it's what point of view, it's the beast point of view whenever he's attacking somebody in this movie. Right. So you either see his arm or you see his, you know, his big claws, you know, grabbing somebody's head or, or something like that. So that leads to the suspense of it, which is it pretty good for, for a made-for-TV movie. So, all in all, it's a fun movie. Um, uh, and, and this does have some nostalgia for me just because of the style of movie it is. You know, um, it's just pure 70s, you know, NBC movie of the week type stuff, you know. So, it was decently um, bloody for a made for tv film too actually yeah and it was and it was you know you have body parts falling out of the top of the barn where you had, it, yep. had them stored you know and stuff like that so it was a pretty good movie and uh the acting was great i mean i, I it's a it's a good movie to watch uh fun movie to watch pretty, i like the setting that you set up it's a good movie to watch Late at night, maybe during a rain. For us in Texas, it'd be rain. Yeah, <laughs> For know, rainy Tennessee, night. You know, a nice rainy night, kind of, kind of cool out. You know, type of deal. So, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't give it the highest stop rating, but uh, it wasn't too far behind the highest stop rating. So,
2: I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a good. Uh, I mean, like I said, fun film. It's worth checking out and watching if you get a chance to. It's kind of hard to find. So, I mean, actually, if you yeah, do run across it, and I don't know that you can see it on TV, but if it comes across TV or you run across it, it's definitely something you will want to pick up or watch because you may never know when you'll ever get to see it again. Yeah, I spent a many years trying to get a copy of this on VHS, and it was one of – you can get it now for like 30 bucks on VHS if you can find the copy. I actually got a brand new, like still in the wrap, VHS copy of this and I paid 50 bucks for it. Wow. Um, So, I mean, it it had never been played, um, which was super, super awesome. Um, They actually, this movie obviously stuck a little bit with somebody because they actually did a remake of this film, a direct-to-video remake in 2010 with the same name, Snow Beast, pretty much the same storyline. Oh, yeah. And it actually had Jason Landon in it. Um, And I I think it came out of the Sci-Fi Pictures original, maybe. Um, That was pretty decent. The Beast looked a lot better. I mean, better. 2010.
1: to said <laughs> 1977. You know, um, believe it or not, I just looked it up. Amazon has the Blu-ray copy of this thing for 14.99. There, there is a Blu-ray there copy of this
2: movie for yeah. 14.99. Amazon.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: guess guess who's ordering that tonight for Christmas? Uh-oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's there. I mean, I just looked it up, and I'm like, I kind of swore I looked it up, and and sure enough, uh, it was there.
2: Now say, now I'm well, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be bought. It's going to be bought. So, all right, guys. Well, it's time for a Christmas movie. And I know a lot of you will be sitting down watching, you know, Christmas Carol, maybe Scrooge or Muppets film, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, even for some people, Home Alone. I recommend, we recommend if you want a, a fun monster movie with a little bit of blood to add to your Christmas, Snow Beast is a good one for that. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Let's find out what the Stomp Rating is. Stomp Rating for this one got as a whole, three from us over here at the Monster Movie Stomp Down. Now, Mark and Ruben definitely gave it a little lower than me. Oh, wow. I'll admit. Yeah. Okay. But it did have a little bit of extra kick to it for me because of the yeah. nostalgia. You know, for exactly. Mark exactly. abandoning
1: yeah. his child all alone at home. Yeah. And left them with a crickety old door that uh, just any Yeti could just come yeah. barging oh, yeah. in And yeah. that trailer. Just
7: i tell you. Take, took me out. <laughs> no regard. I wanted that picture to be real life for you.
2: Real life. <laughs> it, he was. succeeded <laughs> in making that happen. So, all right, guys, hope you enjoyed it. Go enjoy Snow Beast if you can and can find it and pick it up or watch it for your Christmas time. Hopefully, you enjoy it. This is Sludge and Mark. You got Ruben in Texas. Y'all have a Merry Christmas.
0: Hey, hey, you digging this? Eh? Yeah? Dude, ain't this story the shiznit? Hey, you need another refill? I do. All right. When I get back, we'll check out another VHS tape. Cool. All right, here you go. Nice, hot, and, well, cheap. Let's get another one of these VHS tapes out real quick, shall we?
1: <laughs> you fool.
6: You've fallen perfectly into our trap. If you don't give us $200 in 15 seconds, this tape will self-destruct. <laughs>
3: We're just kidding. This is Zach and Dustin from $2 Late Fee, and we want to wish Give Me Back My Action Movies and everyone listening safe and happy holidays.
5: Just a little holiday prank from us. Dustin, stop playing with the bomb. I,
8: I just hit the timer, I think. Uh-oh. Oh. That's not good.
0: All right, man, that does it. Whoever sent me this package is bash it crazy, all right? This is ridiculous. Let me look at that box. Is there a return label over there? Alright, it doesn't matter. Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. Daniel and Al were at the parking lot, and Al's telling Daniel that he isn't a monster for what happened. See, Dan? Now that's a real monster. Not you, man. Al, you would still be alive if I would have listened to you. If I would have just let that hand go, that prick would have never shot you. My obsession with everything, too, ruined everything. Look, Dan, bad things happen. That's out of our control. I mean, yeah, you're a douche, and you should have listened to me, but you can't control what that guy did. He's the monster, man, not you. Plus, dude's totally getting his daily dose of two in the slammer, if you know what I mean. Uh, no? Al took another swig of the bottle and passed it back to Daniel. I guess you're right, Al. Some people go through horrible things in life and take things for granted. Maybe that's what I've done. Taking everything for granted. My family's company, my best friend. My whole life. I just didn't realize it until I hit rock bottom after you were killed. Yeah, exactly. Al replied as he grabbed the bottle back from Daniel, taking a long chug. Look, man, you're getting it. You've been blessed in life. You took things for granted. Got me shot. But now you're realizing it. You have so many things to be thankful for. You've got it pretty good, man. Yeah, you're right, Al. Thanks, man. I've really missed you. Me too, Dan. Me too oh wait I got one more story for you play it on me, Al. one more story for Christmas Eve sounds great oh man you're gonna love this one man remember when we went ice fishing and that stupid igloo froze our ass off and all that beer it was a good time man
6: all right welcome to good beer bad movie day The holiday special on the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. Uh, Half the cast is here. My name is Pete. With me, of course. It's Troy. Yes! So the best looking of the cast is here, of course.
3: Exactly. Uh Well, except for Dave and Kathleen. Otherwise.
6: Otherwise, clearly, we're the the best looking ones in the cast. (laughs) Uh, we're here with uh, Ojo and Mochi, too, so if there's some background noise, there might be some doggies chewing on some toys or squeakers or whatever. Not you, huh, Mochi? <laughs> okay, so uh, we get uh, 15, 20 minutes, according to our evil overlord, Charlie, uh, to give you some content. And tonight, Troy and I watched something called the Mimiverse Holiday Special. It's a 39-minute what a television show? Or it is a holiday
3: special. It is. Holiday... It is I'm, I was waiting for the, uh, the, the like the big words to come in at the beginning. Like, what was the specials that we got oh. from like the
6: CBS yeah. holiday special yeah. oh, thing? I'm going like... to find that noise. They... Yeah. <laughs> then I
3: was gonna watch some stop motion.
6: <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, so yeah, the Memoirs holiday special came out this year. As a matter of fact. I got it in the mail three days ago.
3: and Almost entirely thanks to the Good Beer, Bad Movie Night podcast, by the way.
6: For sure. We are in the credits because we did help fund this short film. Uh, it, was, uh, it was filmed last winter during the pandemic, which is the reason it's so small and so <laughs> short and has a limited cast. And the <laughs> cast is all fam- quite literally family. <laughs> There's nobody in here that's outside of the family, so um it's a lot of good fun it's the
3: epitome of looking around like
6: you you want to be in a movie (laughs) right so uh definitely a family affair usually we give a full six minute synopsis to go through the movie stem to stern and make sure that you know exactly what we saw
3: that's going to really cut into the 15 minute time that limit that we've been given yeah we're not
6: gonna do six whole minutes i think about six (laughs) seconds Okay, do you got six seconds on you?
3: I think I could think of it and summarize this in six seconds.
6: All right, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna time you. Here we go. All right. I got, I got the phone. You ready, ready, set, go? Or wait, you, you tell me when you're ready, I
3: suppose. Let's do this. Ready? Right. Ready. Stu, not Steve, comes to Earth to find a human to save his planet from the escaped evil queen who has taken mental control of Steve and Santa Claus. Yeah.
6: Oh, that is that is exactly what we just saw.
3: That is indeed it.
6: And we'll we'll get into a little more about what's going on in the movie uh but I think right now beer beer, a beer is uh, in order. In order, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I may have had a couple already, so
3: maybe I'm on um, uh, I'm right there with you.
6: <laughs> okay, we're about to go get our first beer. We'll see you in just a moment. All right. Our one and only beer of the night. It is a winter what does it say Winter mm. uh, is a bourbon barrel-aged Christmas ale from the Working Class Brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. This is Snow Job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dog. Well, Snow Job has good head. Of course it does. No good Snow Job with it. <laughs> right. Okay, Working Class uh, Brewery is in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this is the first beer that I've had from them. Uh, they have not been around very long, I think. Looks like, give me this toy. Don't give me that look, dog. I know. You can have it back in a minute. I'm so tired. Give me a second. I want to. So yeah, uh, this is out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, um, working class brewery. I don't know a lot about, frankly, I don't know a lot about this brewery. But uh, the the name of the uh, beer itself, I had to I had to buy it. And of course, anything that is. Uh, bourbon barrel aged is, uh, probably going to be pretty, pretty tasty. I'm so confused by this beer. Oh yeah?
3: Okay. So it's a bourbon barrel aged Christmas ale that tastes like banana. I mean, like, are you getting Hefeweizen mm-hmm. out of this? I sure am.
6: I, like, huh? Well, you, it could be, uh, a lot of coriander cause coriander does have, or allspice mm. does have that sweet side of anise, like an- <laughs> Anise has, like, a, a, a spectrum of flavors where you go a little sweet, it can be more banana. You go a little, little more sour, it can be licorice.
3: I just, yeah, I was going to say, I just associate it with black
6: licorice. Right, right. I, I think anise, clove, and allspice all kind of have that flavor profile. And depending upon the intensity of it or whatever it might be, uh, it either goes licorice or banana. It's surprising to
3: have anise with a snow job.
6: That's what people pay to come to the sale, right?
3: <laughs> but it does. It's, it's banana y and, and like, as I am I'm very happy to say it is not that like the the thing that I hate most about Christmas ales, and they don't do it that much anymore. But it used to be like you could almost taste the powder from the all the spices <laughs> right. that like the spices would just be overwhelming. And this is not overwhelming. It is a beer. And but it tastes like a hefeweizen to me.
6: It it does. It, I yeah, I agree. It tastes more like a dark hefeweizen. Like
3: yeah, I've been um, sipping though. I just took a big mm-hmm. gulp and that that because like it, maybe it's more like in the after you swallow, you get the the banana. Sure,
6: sure. I I this <laughs> is going nowhere fast, <laughs> and
3: you, I love it. You chose snow job, I like
6: <laughs> uh, Yeah, a lot of the. Uh, if you had told me that this was uh, a Belgian of sorts, mm-hmm. I would have mm-hmm. said, yeah, this is like a Belgian strong or something like that. But uh, I don't know the recipe for this. It it does have a lot of spice to it. Mm-hmm. There is that underlying vanilla to it, which is the bourbon. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because um, I
3: don't taste bourbon, though.
6: No, no. But that vanilla is that charcoal, that, that oak Charcoalness that you get from the cask into your better bourbon. Yeah, okay. It is quite good. Um, I, it, what's did I say? Seven and a half or seven? <laughs> I think you did. Two? I was like, oh no. Yeah, it's it's a, a caution. Oh, <laughs> oh no, the the can down here it says eight point five percent. That's not what the website said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go buy the can eight. 8.5%, well, cent, but... 20,
3: 25 IBU. Yes. And 8 point what? Five. I, now, oh, oh. okay. Okay, gosh. look. Look, working class brewery. I need
6: glasses. Yeah. So you need to print a little bigger. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like a, I know. A big star splash. Yeah. Is 8.5, right? Um, uh, This does come in a four-pack, so I should have known.
3: Well, and yeah. it was
6: over... Eight percent. Anyway, is this from our friends at Perfect Pour? Of course it is. Of course it is. One of these days, are going to be our sponsor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Perfect Pour for all your beer needs.
6: All of them. I just took uh, uh, in the in the uh, Give Me Back My Horror podcast mm-hmm. in the clearly in the in the network. Nate Zig and I went up to Perfect Pour Sunday actually, Ooh. and we got some beers. He got a <laughs> he got a great big. A bottle of was it Brew dog I think does a Iron Maiden beer. Yeah, I think it's dog. and he got like a, a double
3: bomber, which is delicious. Yeah, like I was expecting uh, the Iron Maiden because like uh, we've had a couple heavy metal beers, strangely enough, right, on right. the podcast, and they've oh they're always like big multi beers. And the Iron Maiden one is like good. it's mm-hmm. like uh, hoppy and it's mm-hmm. it's light not it's not light I don't want to say
6: it's light but it was delicious it was an intense flavor but it wasn't oh it, it it was very drinkable yeah while being intense an intense flavor I I forget which one he got Nate you can you can yell at me later for forgetting what it was but it was in this giant tube he bought <laughs> and, and at, at worst he's got this giant tube to display on, his, on his desk or. or bedpost or whatever, wherever he <laughs> leaves his, his, in his North Pole. memorabilia. So, uh, delicious. Uh, please go get, <laughs> go get snow job. <laughs> go get a snow Everybody job. Everybody
3: needs a snow job.
6: It, it's good for you. So Troy, what did you think about the movie? What did you like about the movie?
3: Maybe- well, I got to tell you, you've got to be pretty versed in the MCU. The, <laughs> the Mim Cinematic Universe. The,
6: the Mimiverse, right.
3: The Mimiverse. Right. To uh keep up with this this holiday special, I am not as versed in the memiverse as you you are yourself. No, no, so uh I was not aware who Stu was at the beginning of this bod- or the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. I had to have Pete explain it to me.
6: So uh, uh, Christopher R. Mim, independent filmmaker from uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, has 17 films under his belt as an independent movie maker. And he quit his job to start making movies. And it's a beautiful story. Please go look him up. All his stuff used to be on Amazon. I don't think it is anymore, which is a darn shame. Hmm. Uh, But his movies are not expensive. You can rent or buy them. I have all the physical media to date. Um, It's really... Does he stream anywhere? It used to be all streaming on... Uh, on Amazon, Amazon. It, he does have a Roku channel, and if I can find it, I'll put it. I'll put a link in the in the show uh, yeah. Interesting. But there is a. I think he's got a Roku channel. <laughs>
3: is it all all his movies? Just like I his... think it's all it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, also, awesome. Vimeo.
6: I think he's on Vimeo, but I think that's a pay uh, pay per view. Hmm. But I, I'm not. I, I'm not familiar as much with Vimeo or Voodoo or Yeah, me like neither. Um, so some of this stuff is really good. Some of this stuff ain't so good. But you know, that's an independent movie maker. Uh, we had a lost episode called the Giant Spider, hmm. probably his one of his two or three best movies he's ever made. Kathleen still talks about how much she enjoys I the think Giant we Spider. I visit that one. I really do. There was that's the only
3: one I've not been on. I did. I was oh, not. right. I was not on the Giant Spider. I, you're I was right.
6: Gone. You were out of town or something for that.
3: I might have been in England.
6: There are a lot of references in this film to his past movies, and there is a teeny tiny connected tissue in all of his films. He's doing that on purpose to keep some sort of continuity between them without any of them being uh, reliant uh, on right, the others. Right, right. There's no, there's no actual sequels to any of these movies. They're all independent. You can watch them independently of each other. However, you are rewarded if you've seen them all and you, you watch uh, k Woman from Mars and then you watch... Uh, uh, apocalypse, uh, Guns of the apocalypse Guns of the Apocalypse There are subtle references Between the two that if you are A fan that you are rewarded with So that's a whole lot of fun So Christopher RMM, i I cannot sing his praises more I would love for everyone In the network to go out and seek out His films to watch And or What's the best one to to be introduced to the Mimiverse? The the two that I highly recommend are the Giant Spider and very first one, the Creature from Land, Urk uh, uh, Monster from family. If you like nineteen
3: fifties horror movies, yes, that's that's his wheelhouse. That's what he's going to. That's what he's trying to recreate the feel of those.
6: Yeah, you're right, Troy. So going into these movies, they are all purposely cheesy fifties style movies but they're all a loving homage to them. There isn't any sort of, I'm doing this bad movie just to do a bad movie. He's making a film that could very well have been in the middle of the 50s. You could have The giant spider could totally have been a double feature with them or the giant Gila monster. Yeah. The, neither one of those three films is any cheesier than the other, and they all might be the same cheese. <laughs> I was... Uh, the, as, like his title cards
3: in this, in the in the Mimiverse Christmas special, are ridiculous. Like they feel like you are watching TV in the 1950s. Yeah. It's crazy. I was crazy. so
6: impressed when when I saw it for the first time. I'm like, oh, this does feel like sitting down the fire over here and watching with your kids <laughs> Frosty for the first time. Or like that. Yeah, yeah. It is so good. Uh, this this movie is. Exactly that. It's uh it's got some homemade monster costumes. Uh his daughter is in the in the movie, she's the protagonist. Uh and there are puppets. That's who Steve and Stu are. Puppets. And, puppets, yes, yeah, Steve and Stu and the Evil Queen. And the Evil Queen. They're all puppets. Uh which harkens back to another film of Christopher Mim's called Danny Johnson Saves the World. Which these same puppets were uh front and center for this movie as well. For that, I'm sorry, that movie as well. Uh, it was a puppet-centric movie with humans <laughs> acting around them uh, a la the Muppet movie. So what did you, did you did you like it? Did you enjoy it? You were giggling a few times. I did.
3: There's some of it like, <laughs> the puppets are weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, kind of, I, I'm always intrigued when I watch a Christopher Mim film trying to like, okay, so... You know, he doesn't have much, much money and like what he does, what he pulls off is it is always intriguing to me. Like he went way low tech on the puppets, <laughs> you know, and it's like why, why go, why go crazy uh, with puppeteering? You know, part of the fun of this is that they've got floppy arms mm-hmm. that don't, that don't move. Like when they, there's one point where they're giving high fives to one another and it's obviously like he's gone real close on the faces and then they just both grabbed an arm, like he and somebody else grabbed an arm and they touched hands. <laughs> I mean, so like there's there's that, that point part of it that's really fun and then there's there's some of it where like they're, they're, they, they were in a flying saucer so uh, the, our protagonist and the public are in flying, flying saucers being attacked by another one and there's explosions and there's just flashes and like <laughs> they both like Weaving back and forth, of, uh, they're doing and, a Star and,
6: Trek. Yeah, they're doing a Star <laughs> Trek,
3: and it, and it's I like that. Uh, this is fun. I I really I really dig some of his conventions that he goes to 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 tell his stories that are that are great. And his and some of it is just like his snowman was great. I love the I, I love his, his yeah. snowman mask is especially great. And but it's hilarious because then he's got like uh, knitted mittens. <laughs> That look like oven mitts, kind of mittens. It might that be oven mitts. I don't
6: know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that are like, I I I couldn't help but wonder, like, why did he go with that? I wonder. <laughs> maybe if he needed to have a better grip on the icicle when they had an icicle sword fight. It
6: was an icicle sword fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they very well could be maybe the original gloves just he kept losing the, <laughs> the sword and uh, and they needed like, okay, go grab the. Go grab the oven mitt. Go grab the oven mitt. <laughs> I really enjoyed all the MIM references when Evelyn uh, woke up at the very beginning of the film. There were some stuffed animals uh, oh. around her bed, mm-hmm. and they were monsters from packed uh. MIM uh, movies. Uh, the monster Phantom Lake was there. The uh, oh, the bat creature from, and I'm blanking on the second film that he did. Uh. Creature from beneath the something or other. Ah, I, I don't remember now.
3: From beneath the atomic brain.
6: Everything is homegrown. Uh, he does these movies for under ten grand a piece, ish. Right, right around ten grand a piece, because that's all he's got money for. Yeah. And he sells his films. Uh, on his on his website, and he goes around to conventions. So uh, I highly recommend supporting him. Did you have a favorite part? Did you have a favorite? <laughs> My favorite
3: part was stupid. Uh, so our, our hero, Evelyn, is trying to explain to Stu what Christmas is. Yeah. And so Stu's not getting it. And so he goes in, he's like, come with me, follow Stu, and he goes running off. And they cut, and he's in this <laughs> helmet. It's like got... Sparks coming out of it. <laughs> it's the the brain transfer machine, so that she can put on a helmet uh, and they can transfer a, a solo cup attached to a extension. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's like a montage of Christmassy looking things, and she's she looks over and she's like, "There, do you get it now? Or do, there, that's Christmas." Yeah. And Stu sits there. And he's like, "Do not get it." <laughs> That was my favorite part. Stu not get it, and the brain transfer machine was. That was just charming and awesome. I loved it. Yeah. What, what was your What was your favorite?
6: So I think my favorite part was a really dumb pun. That was. It was kind of a throwaway joke. <laughs> and they were, uh, the 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 protagonist said something like, "Oh, something is fishy around here," and Stu, not understanding English very well, says, "What? What is fish? What animal in the water thing?" <laughs> No, 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 no. I just something is off here. Something isn't hmm, something something evil is afoot. Foot? What does this have to do with feet? Like, no, 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 Stu. We need to <laughs> we need to we need to find out why Steve was doing doing this. And Stu kind of thinks and thinks. He looks at his so Steve is looking for fish with feet. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that is so dumb, and it still made me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about we we wrap this up, Troy? Let's go with our six-pack rating where we uh, – there are six beers in a six-pack. How many beers, Troy, do you need to enjoy this film? Let's just go with two because,
3: like, I like to have – especially if they're both snow jobs, 8.5%. Oh, like, That's like two beers and one beer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I, when I watch this movie – I won't care that I don't know exactly what's going on at all right. times, and uh, there, there's great moments in Christopher film films. Sometimes it's like, okay, got to get to the the point, but yeah, that's part of the charm too. So I can't I can't give him I'm not gonna give him any uh, hassle for that.
6: I will also have give it a two. Uh, after two beers, I start getting the giggles <laughs> because they're, they're the jokes are real dumb. Oh, they're bad. <laughs> the, the, the cheese is. Stinky. Oh, it's oh stinky. boy. And I love every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we both say two beers. I i bet Dave is a two beer. I bet Kathleen is seven. Eat a bullet. <laughs> I hope not. That's true. So uh I guess that's it. All right. That's nice, easy, quick, to the point. And thanks for tuning in to the Giving Back My Network Holiday Special. We are Pete and Troy.
0: Dude, we are having a great Christmas Eve, resolving my problems over your death, having a great time, you're telling weird-ass stories. Thanks, man. Daniel and Al both laughed as they looked out over the empty parking lot. Al, thanks, man. You've always been my best friend. Hey, pal, the best thing's in too. You know, I mean, me and you, best friends, the two of us. Yeah, I know. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, Dan. You still got me shot. See? Great story, right? Yeah, all right. So maybe it wasn't that great, but you weren't freaking supposed to be here anyway. So, you know, sue me. I know, maybe this last VHS will top it off just right. I mean, probably not, but eh, what the hell. Why does this one say, don't play on Sludgecast?
8: it's Action Action. We're the podcast that watches all the action movies. I'm pretty sure that's how I intro the podcast every week. And I'd like to introduce you, Charlie and Dan, to a merry fucking Christmas. Fuck yeah! Holy this, shit! This Christmas is gonna be so hard. It's gonna be so sick. It's gonna be so much sick shit that happens. Slippery. You're gonna get all your favorite <laughs> gifts, man. Ben. It's gonna be the most delicious Christmas ever. There's gonna be some moist fruit cake. <laughs> Oh man, the going to be Fuck. so moist this year. It's going to be like, "Oh my god, Drifting. where did you get this? Was this in a river or a ravine?" No, it was in my my grandma made it. I'm like, "Yeah, f- it's so moist." <laughs> is fruitcake supposed to be moist? I've never eaten one. But man, Dean and <laughs> Dan <laughs> and Cyrus f- <laughs> I Dean hope and I, Cyrus. I <laughs> hope the snow is covered and the blood of our enemies and that one day John McClane and
1: and Krom will grant you a <laughs> holiday like you've never had and before I hope,
8: I hope Krang's there from Ninja Turtles he's the guy that's in like the belt he looks like a brain oh yeah brain. Krang definitely yeah. needs to be there the brain and, and he's like he's gonna be like we're not we're, you know like that part in Wayne's World when they, they meet f***ing <laughs> Alice Cooper and they're like we're not worthy
2: yeah. we're not,
8: but that's gonna be you and Krang <laughs> So it's a Christmas miracle. So you, I don't know which one of you is Wayne. I know which one of you is Garth. But I know that you guys both fucking rock. <laughs> so merry <laughs> fucking Christmas. Keep it sleazy. May all your action movies be rated R.
0: I swear, I don't know what wasted more time, my story or those crazy VHS tapes. Well, I'll be Christmas carolers. Well, if you leave, let's go listen to these guys. I'm still want to beat these ass for this.
1: On this Friday for Christmas, is pocket's to me—a parody of a whack dream. On this Friday for Christmas, is pocket's to me.
6: Wrestling,
5: Eleven,
0: dancing you catching you okay i give the song a 2
6: five, three, ki- five,
0: k- oh I thought I was going to get to say Merry Christmas, Christmas. you filthy
1: animals.